Could you guys please stand for the scripture reading? Um, Acts 20, 18 to 21. And when they came to him, he said to them, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and to the Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, John, I was uh, I met you in 2018. I had heard about you uh, before you showed up um, because uh, there was a, a mutual friend that, that knew you, loved you, and said, this guy and this family are gold. Please take care of them for me. And uh, I remember standing at the door of the then, our, our then church and, and just seeing you come in holding this bassinet, that's what it's called, the car seat thingy, which would have been scarlet at this point. Um, and wow, within a year, I think, on your 30th birthday week, uh, you and I got to the point where we're like, man, this guy has something to offer the rest of the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. And you started what we call a pastoral residency, which is much like um, maybe like a doctor's residency where you are able to do the work of ministry, although you're still working to become and gain credentials. This is what John has been doing for the last four or five years. And so it's been a joy to work with him and go, hey, come practice ministry with us and become what God has made you. And so it's actually five years the same week from when you started the program to this week where we're actually seeing you become a licensed pastor. What that is, is we're not, in, we're not instilling within him anything that isn't already there. We're basically agreeing with God that God has put something in John that is of use for the body of Christ. That God has built John and, and brought Jess, Jess and him and the kids to be this gift to the church. And every one of us are a gift to the church in different ways, and yet there are some who everything in them, every bone aches to give themselves fully every hour of the day to the work of ministry and John this is this is you um, I remember one of the the moments where uh, we've had many conversations um, and shared lots of, of great great laughs and you've followed me on many different fun and weird experiences and uh, it's been it's been really great um, as I was praying about, about John and your ministry, I came across this passage, and I don't know if it's prophetic, but it possibly could be. Uh, let me read it to us today. It comes from Acts chapter 20, which we're going to spend most of our time discussing what uh, a pastoral ministry should and could look like. Um, but we're going to start in verse 7, which is a story around Paul. The reason being is in Hebrews, we're told that we're supposed to look to our leaders as examples 
Hebrews 13, 7 says this, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And so, John, you're stepping into a space that um, James himself says, not many of you should try and esteem to be pastors because you're going to be judged at a higher level. So there's a sobriety, but there's also a levity to it because part of your life is to be an example. And needless to say, if you're going to live life in an authentic way, people are going to see moments of humor in your life. You're going to have moments where you don't add up or things don't come together as you plan them to, and that's to be expected. So let's check out what Paul did in chapter 20 of Acts in verse 7. On the first day of the week when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them intending to depart on the next day. And he prolonged his speech until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and there was a young man named Eutychus sitting at the window, and he sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. I hope it's not prophetic, but maybe there is. I don't know. The boy falls down, but Paul went down, and he bent over him, and taking him by the arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. It's that verse 10 that I wonder if that's part of not just your calling, but the calling of pastoral uh, ministers not to put people to sleep, but to rather rush to those people who have been put to sleep by their experience of religion and who have fallen asleep and for us to rush to people who think that there may not be hope yet to be had and for us to dive on them and scoop them up into our arms and say, no, there is life yet here. That's what I wonder, is is your life and our lives that to be called to reach and scoop up and not give up hope on those who need life? Paul goes on and says in that same chapter of uh, Acts 20, our reading, Throughout this reading, we're going to see that Paul really describes three different characteristics that I want to be true of myself and you, John. Uh, I want your ministry to be defined not so much with a title or a job description or a position, because Jesus doesn't care about title, position, or job descriptions. Jesus is way more concerned with the way we are in the world. That's what moves his heart. And so read with me from Acts 20, verse 18. And when they came to him, he said to them, that is the church in Ephesus, Paul is leaving, so he's giving some departing words. He says, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole while that I was with you. From the first day I stepped foot into Asia, serving the Lord with humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house. There is a humility that we're called to, that to minister to others and to love others to the degree that each of you has opportunity, it should not be simply here on a stage outward. It should be in homes. It should be uh, in, in restaurants. It should be at funerals. It should be at celebrations. The ministry and life of giving should often happen outside of the official walls. 
The, the whole purpose of what Paul is trying to communicate is this idea of sacrifice. A humility that shows up in sacrifice is what he describes in verse 33. I coveted no one's silver nor gold or apparel. Paul wasn't discouraged or distracted by wealth. He wasn't trying to do ministry so that he could gain the status or possessions. He didn't get distracted by finances. And it doesn't take much for many of us to think about different headlines and go like, man, this is a place that sometimes can get pastors going sideways. They get obsessed with the trappings of this world, of what, it can, of what the church can offer them instead of what, the, what they can offer the church. And Paul would say, John, make sure sacrifice is the center of your person. We're going to be uh, officially calling John, Pastor John, from this day forward. I don't know if he's going to want you to call him that, but that's what you can call him. However, there's going to be a humility that marks John more than anything else, and that's been there this whole time. For five years, he has served as much as any paid person I've ever worked with. He works a full-time job. He's not able to change that, and it doesn't matter to him. He gives what he can, and he gives loyally, sacrificially. And so it's with confidence that I know that that sacrificial uh, way of life is just going to continue on and bless others. And so um, I I just want you guys to be aware of, of that. Verse 34, you yourselves know that these hands, he's talking about Paul, his own hands, they ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me in all things. I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I know that this is the heart behind your ministry, John. Sacrificial love, just like that of Christ. Paul goes on to talk about tears and passion. Therefore, in verse 31, be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There is a passion that is intended to drive your interactions, a passion that desires not to build friendships for friendship's sakes, not to build connections with others for the agenda of self, but it is a purpose for you to have a passion to encourage day and night how, and in many ways, pointing people gently, courageously towards the way of Jesus, building up your brothers and sisters in Christ. You have one message of your life. It is towards Jesus. And I pray that you'll have many, many different creative, innovative ways to use everything you have to point people towards him. I pray that passion marks your days. And thirdly, unfortunately, yet it is the way of Jesus, trials will mark your ministry. Acts 20, verse 27, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel of God's word. 
Earlier, Paul says that I didn't shrink back in the midst of trials because of the, the Jews who were coming to try and squelch my mission. He, he faced challenge with a resilient determination, a tenacity and a stubbornness that won't back down in the face of opposition and trial. My prayer is that God's grace, His Spirit will give you the empowerment to step forward in the moments when everybody else fears and steps back. Where you are willing to, to gain a, a, a strong chin, thick skin, soft heart for you to be able to break the wind of the resistance. It is kind of beautiful when you think about birds and our church is built around the philosophy of sparrows, how sparrows are intended to live in community that when you see, barely ever see a sparrow by itself. You'll see a sparrow by itself when it is grieving or when it is in uh, threat. But most often they're communal beings. And I love the fact that even, even throughout like nature, you see how different birds will take the lead when they fly in the V to try and uh, preserve the energy of one another. That we don't always have to be the one up in front. And you've exemplified the idea that you are willing to push against the trials of life and you're willing to take the lead at moments and you're also willing to fall and follow. And I think that's a, a, a priceless a quality of a leader, of somebody who doesn't want and need to be up front all the time, that there is a delight in, in linking arms. And it's been a delight to me to link arms with you. So I'm super thankful. Uh, so my prayer is that you will face your trials, not shrinking back, but with spirit-empowered courage. Finally, Paul says, pay close attention to yourselves in verse 28. A leader, whether that be part of our board, myself, you, John, any leader among the church, it is of the most essential importance that we keep watch upon ourselves. The world, you, my friends, have no extra need for any reason to question whether someone is really looking out for you or not. And so it is of highest importance that as far as leadership goes, we take care of our souls, that we tend our soul, that we allow ourselves to consistently walk with Jesus so that when we're not, it feels strange. And we allow ourselves to normalize walking with Jesus, normalize the trials, the challenges, normalize what it is to point our lives towards Jesus, not towards the world. We normalize how, how the Lord has created us to follow and not be the ones who are building our own kingdoms. We need to watch our souls and tend our souls. Be careful. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Why? To care for the church of God. It's a primary focus. When being asked in the past what, what it means to be a shepherd to me, I simply believe it means you claim other people. To be a shepherd is to claim the, 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 the needs 
the, the, the vulnerabilities, the responsibility. I am the designated driver and I invite you to be the same, to watch out, to be a watchman on the wall for danger, to come alongside those who are straggling behind and to lift them up, to not use the, the, the language of overseer to, to uh, push people, but to carry people. This is the way of Jesus and I know it's in you. We are called to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I want you to know Paul is talking very directly to the leaders of Ephesus, a really challenging place to live at the time. And he's talking this strictly and starkly because God really cares about his bride. He is jealous for his bride. He is jealous for his flock. And I'm using this language. If you're unfamiliar with that, that means you. Jesus views you as his damsel who has been claimed and is being renewed and refreshed. And as we wait for Christ to return to claim us, his church, the work of myself and John and pastors around is intended to be one where we are walking with the bride helping to beautify, prepare you to meet Jesus. Helping you to primp and and get yourself ready to be adored perfectly by the lover of your soul. We are like the, the, the person who takes care and walks with. He has obtained you through his blood. You are precious. And so it matters to God. God doesn't speak any harsher to anyone uh, more so than to shepherds who don't take good care of their sheep. And so God cares deeply for you and we're intended to be a gift to you. To the best of our ability, we will do so. Care for you, champion you, lift you up, serve you, encourage you, refine you through the word. All right, so John told them that they're precious. But I need you to hear this about your identity. You are precious. Before anything you do, say, or accomplish, you yourself are worth tending, caring for, and loving. You, before anything else, you are a son of the Most High, dearly loved and embraced by God regardless of anything else. Titles are not important to Jesus, as I said. It is the way of our being that moves his heart. First and foremost, I ask you, John, to tend your heart. Secondly, I ask you to care for your inner man. I ask you, thirdly, to cultivate your heart of worship and turn quickly and often back to the Lord as your humanness creeps in, but always returning towards him. You will not be perfect. It's not expected by us, nor honestly desired. But we do insist that you devote yourself to Jesus above all else, to this body, including your family, and to your calling. These are what we will insist upon. My hope and my prayer for you is that you, will may ste- that you may step out in humble, sacrificial love to God in this community, 
that you may carry the very heart and passion of Jesus in your service, and that you may be anointed with the Holy Spirit's power to fulfill your calling with courage. It will not be easy to be a pastor in this day and age, my friend. It will be challenging. The things that you've grown up seeing and equated with a good, influential pastor don't exist today. And so in a very way, you have the opportunity to to join many others who seek to pursue the way of Jesus and entrust yourself to the God who judges justly and allow God to take the, the fish and loaves of your life and multiply them miraculously so that the world is like, wow, I can't believe it. And this is the beautiful way that God works. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In that light, we believe that you are called to pastoral ministry. And so we want to lay your hands on you. We want to celebrate you. We want to commission you. Um, Some of you may ask, does this mean he's leaving? Is he planting another church? No, this just means that God is cultivating strong leaders among us. And this won't be the last time that we have someone being commissioned among us. It is our heart and our desire to be uh, generous, open-handed with who we are and what God is doing here because we believe in it. And so John is going to continue to do the ministry among you. Um, He's going to continue to to teach and grow, um, but we are acknowledging him as a shepherd and carer of the flock, worthy of your trust, worthy of your encouragement, worthy of your faith. Amen? All right. John, why don't you come on up here? If somebody's going to get the kids, I think. We're just going to um, say a prayer over you. I'm going to ask the different board members. Uh, like I said, John and I have been working over the last few years, um, theologically, character orientation, um, uh, competency, all of those things. And so I brought John before the board um, uh, probably well, a number of months ago. And so we've been in this refining process of walking that out. And uh, it's been so, so great. So if you're on the board, if you'll join me up here, um, we are going to pray a blessing over you. Yeah. Ooh, look at that. Wow. Little certificate. Doesn't that look official? (laughs) We had to get an official seal made, so that was pretty cool. There you go, Johnny. Uh, Family, why don't you guys come on up here and stand in front of John? Um, does anybody on the board have any uh, words of encouragement for John? It's not flipped. Well, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't, I didn't so tell you in advance. I'm, a, I'm the guy that needs preparation, so Sorry. ask me in like an hour, because I'll have it all figured out by then. <laughs> But no, seriously, I, I do just want to say, John, I mean, we've talked about it. We've had moments in our time of knowing each other where I've called you Pastor John, um, knowing that this day would come someday. I didn't know when, but I knew it was going to happen. So um, it's just an absolute honor and privilege to be a part of your journey and to be up here getting to pray for you in this moment. So.
man. So for some of you may not know, I've known John since he was barely older than my son now. And I've watched him just grow over the years, become a family man, and, and just watch God pursue him to this moment. And it's a, it's a real privilege to stand here with you, John. And I just, you know, pray for God's blessing uh, for you and your family going forward. We had the opportunity as the board to hear John share his testimony and his calling with us a few weeks ago. And it's just really exciting to see God bringing to fulfillment um, the things he's been sowing in your heart and in your life and in your family. Hi. We're excited for you guys as a family, as a couple. Um, there's not enough pastors out there today with a humble spirit who are ready to lead with humility and, and just the heart that you have. And we're encouraged to see that developing in you even more and more. And we know that you will use that for the good of the body. And that's really encouraging. We know you will take care of people. John, I can't say much more, but it's an honor, been an honor to get to know you. <clears throat> and I'm excited to see what the future looks like. Um, you bring to the church a new face, a new attitude that we have been desiring for years. So congratulations and then Go forward. <laughs> All right, John, I'm going to ask you. Uh, let's huddle in a little bit more. There go, there go. John, with the calling of Scripture, um, will you vow to love Jesus above all else, the kingdom of God be your focus, and the glory of Jesus your aim? Yes. Well, that commitment, we pray for you. God, we ask you and we thank you. Thank you that you've filled this man with your spirit. Thank you that there has been an indestructibility to his faith and calling. Thank you that you fight, Lord God, for us and you establish and build us. We pray that every gift that is in John, Lord God, would be fanned into flames through your Holy Spirit's power that you would anoint him and Jessica in their marriage and in their family building, Lord God, and their culture-creating community between them and their girls, that you would truly expand, Lord God, and multiply your kingdom through them, Jesus. We say thank you to you that you have provided, um, Lord, uh, laborers for the field. You say, God, that people are like sheep without a shepherd, Lord, and, and you say pray that you would send uh, workers into the field, Lord God, because the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, Jesus. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you would send them, Lord God, into the harvest to collect lost sheep for yourself. Would you use them among us, Lord God, to strengthen and establish, God, what you're beginning here? And would you give them wisdom beyond years, a strength beyond human ability, and faith beyond what is seen? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Pastor John, <laughs> welcome, brother. <laughs> All right, uh, beautiful. So we're going to just spend the last uh, section of our service just worshiping the Lord. And so I'm going to ask uh, the guys to come on up. And uh, John has got a huge heart for worship, and so I know there's nothing more than he would want us to do than to just commit this time to gratitude to Jesus. Uh, as is every week, we have 
communion in the front, not because we take it lightly, but because we see it as central. And so as a part of um, our remembrance of Christ, his death on the cross, his resurrection in our place, we remember the cup, which is a symbol of his blood, and the bread, which is a symbol of his body that was broken for us. And so during this time of worship, I encourage you to come up as you're ready um, to just partake in communion. Uh, There are also communion elements on the back wall as well, if that's more comfortable. Um, But let me pray for us, and then we're going to worship Jesus. Heavenly Father, we just want to say thank you. We just want to say thank you and praise you that you are building your kingdom. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would establish us, continue to uh, lead us and guide us. And we just want to say thank you, Lord God, for giving us good men like John and good women like Jess and for the other leaders of this church, Jesus. Help us, Lord God, to celebrate your goodness in the richness of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. Way make 
miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are, 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 that is who you are. Oh, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Will you ain't make miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness? My God, that is who you are. Oh, you are way maker. Miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. 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 That. That is who you are. 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 Oh, we make miracle work, promise keep light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. and broken within overwhelmed by the weight of your sin Jesus is calling have you come to the end of yourself do you thirst for a drink from the well Jesus is calling Oh, come to the altar, the Father's arms are open wide, forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. 
come today there's no reason to wait jesus is calling bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born jesus is calling oh oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of jesus christ oh come to the altar the father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior is in key wonderful. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Bow down before him, for he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah, Christ is risen. Isn't he wonderful? Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Bow down before him. For he is Lord of all. Sing hallelujah. Christ is risen. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Bear your cross as you wait for the crown. Tell the world the treasure you found.
Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming and never-ending reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves a 99. I couldn't turn it. I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming and never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming and never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't turn it. I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. All oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. No mountain you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No one you won't kick down, lie you won't sit down, coming after me. No shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. 
snow wall you won't kick down, line you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming and never-ending reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm bound, leaves a 99. I couldn't turn it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming and never-ending reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. Believe it, church. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't head down, coming after me. Sing that one more time. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't head down. Coming after me, hold the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Let's sing that again. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace. I 
Amen. 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 shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Sing Amen. 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 upon you in a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and beside you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weakening, and rejoicing. He is for you, 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 yes. favor go before you generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening, and you're coming, and you're going, and you're weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for may his presence, may his presence be upon you, 
in a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and the children may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening in your coming and your going in your weeping and rejoicing he is for you 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 that is the primary reality of our world. You are for us. Oh, and I pray, Jesus, that that would so sink into our beings that it would, it would move the way that we operate every moment of the rest of this day and the way we open our eyes tomorrow and the way that we face challenges, Jesus, that you are for us. You are for us in the hard times. You are for us in the good times. You are for us in the celebrations. You are for us, God, as we take a step with you. And so we just say thank you for your generous goodness towards us. May we be a people of joy because of your generous gift to us. We ask you to bless our coming week. Bless our time of fellowship after as we celebrate what you're doing here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we have some chocolate on chocolate cake back there to celebrate Pastor John here. And so please do like linger, stick around. There's plenty of time. We're not hurried at all. Um, but uh, we do like to close our services with uh, the doxology. So we'll sing that together and then uh, grab some more coffee and greet some people around you and get some cake and Congratulate John this afternoon. So let's do that. Praise God.